He's working for the president, he's working for our country. Alien life, uh, like pedophiles, uh, you know, and it just seeks to tie all of that together. Welcome, listeners, to the 17th premium chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, The Liberal QAnon. As always, we are your hosts, Julian Fields and Travis View. We've heard your requests and we're finally going there. This week's episode is about the liberal QAnon with a focus on Louise Mensch, Bill Palmer and Seth Abramson. We will examine how Hillary Clinton's loss and the rise of Russiagate spawned grifters and conspiracy theorists among liberal and neoliberal circles. Jake is uh, still missing. Uh, I'm actually not sure if the Abramson part of the episode is going to happen at all. Uh, so without further... Uh, okay, I just got a text message from Jake. Oh, yeah? What the fuck? Um, it's not... No words. It's just a long-ass voice message. Uh, Jesus, should we... Should we yeah, listen to yeah, it? Yeah, let's th throw it up. Throw it up. Let's, okay. let's take a listen. Oh, my God. If you remember, uh, uh, Jake kind of went in on Seth Abramson after um, this week on Twitter. Yeah, he was beefing. He was, he was, yeah, he he really went. He was him, protecting you, actually. He was, yeah, because uh, yeah, Seth Abramson went after me, but um, he kind of, kind of, kind of went missing. Julian, it's Jake Rakitansky from the pod. I'm not sure how much time I have. My phone is at like twelve percent. All I know is this. I was at 7-Eleven, dude, minding my own fucking goddamn business and exercising my American right to buy jewel pods when all of a sudden I feel these large, like definitely hairy arms wrapping around me. At first I thought maybe it was one of the store clerks coming to give me a hug since I buy jewel pods and chili dogs there sometimes and I'm pretty tight with them. But before I could do anything, dude, a paper bag was put over my head and I was dragged Holy kicking shit. and screaming to the back of the car. Oh my God. <sighs> Judging by the weak sound of the engine, I'm pretty sure I'm in some kind of electric car, uh, possibly a Prius, uh, and uh, someone in the car is playing like awful singer-songwriter acoustic music and singing loudly <laughs> and badly. I wish he had just murdered me instead of subjecting me to this torture. <sighs> All right, man, I got a safe battery. I'll try to contact you again. Oh my God, that's... Um... That, that's fucking upsetting. Where, where, it's like, where the fuck yeah. it, it, could he be right now? Should I call the cops? I don't know. We actually should keep recording. I mean, we don't have that much time on Sunday. Uh, yeah, know. yeah, good point. Good you drive point. along. Gas right. We want to waste a valuable recording time. I mean, do you think we should like call the cops before we continue? Or uh, you know, God, I gotta be somewhere this afternoon. Yeah, but true. so, um, yeah. I I will definitely like put give throw in the FBI tip at the tip line yeah. or something. I don't we'll know. We'll see. Like once you know, once we're done our first segment, maybe we can reconsider. But for now, that's true. We we gotta keep moving. Yeah, that's true. Okay, let's keep get moving. Louise Mensch with Julian Field. Louise Mensch is born in London in 1971. She goes to an all-girls Catholic private school and then uh, continues to go to more of those. Her father is Roman Catholic gentry, and both sides of her family have roots in the Catholic Church. She is named Young Poet of the Year at 18 and goes on to intern for MTV Europe and then briefly work for EMI Records and uh, Sony Music. She writes Chicklet under the pseudonym Louise Bagshaw. Later, speaking of her oeuvre, Mensch says, quote, All of them feature feminist heroines making it on their own. I simply couldn't write about some drippy Cinderella because I don't admire those women. Seems yeah, harsh. <laughs> just thro throwing femmes under the bus there. Mm -hmm. Both of Mensch's parents are active in the conservative party, and Louise joins it at age 14 like a normal person. By 35, she switches to the Labour Party, saying she liked Tony Blair because he is, quote, socially liberal, but an economic Tory. 
By the next year, she had defected back to the Conservative Party to help her mother win a seat in East Sussex County Council, dethroning the Liberal Democrat there. She goes on to campaign for the Conservatives in the general election of 97, 01, and 05. In 2001, she also founds the Hudson Union Society. You'll be surprised to find out that the organization has fuck all to do with unions, instead being a members-only New York-based club that runs celebrity showcases each week for people like General Martin Dempsey, American Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Brian Cranston, Madeleine Albright, Whoopi Goldberg, former head of Department of Homeland Security Jed Johnson, Tom Clancy, Sean Hannity, Bill O'Reilly, Gwyneth Paltrow, Billy Crystal, Colin Powell, Neil Patrick Harris, and Jon Stewart. Wow, that's, that's a lineup. Yeah, a confused mix of entertainers and politicians that people can pay to come listen to. So here's the main quote on their site. The Hudson Union is an extraordinary and intimate institution where the most powerful people who believe in changing our world visit daily. It has therefore become a very prestigious, a one-of-a-kind organization well-known to many in the international community that helps sensitize a desensitized world by focusing on some of the most important issues impacting our lives. This is a quote from His Royal Highness Prince Zaid of Jordan. So why would the Prince of Jordan give a quote? Well, he's married to Princess Badia, who started the whole thing with Mensch and this other guy, Joseph Pascal. The place reeks to high heavens of old money trying to show how open they are to culture, ranging from war criminals to stand-up comedians, all over a glass of bubbly and some canapes. Uh, yeah, it just seems like fucking hell. And it, uh, Well, I, I don't know. I think that hanging out with a comedian and a war criminal at the same time, that could make for an interesting conversation. <laughs> you know, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Just a fucking comedy troupe composed of Bill O'Reilly and Jon Stewart. <laughs> Woo! In 2006, uh, Mensch is placed on conservative Prime Minister David Cameron's A-list, positioning her as a Tory phenom with a solid three-pointer. That year, she is selected to stand in the constituency of Corby, going on to win the 2010 general election and defeating Labour incumbent Phil Hope. That year, she is elected by other conservative members of Parliament to serve on the Select Committee for the Department of Culture, Media, and Sport. In 2012, she steps down as MP to move to New York City with her husband, Peter Mensch, an American music manager. In a bizarre British cult behavior, she is appointed to the nominal position of crown steward and bailiff of the Manor of Northstead, as she takes off to America, seemingly uninterested in that particular manor. It appears she got into two scuffles during her time as MP. The first happens uh, when in 2011, she interrogates Rupert and James Murdoch about the phone hacking scandal related to the News of the World outlet. Specifically, they had hacked the phones of multiple victims of high-profile crimes, endangering them on multiple occasions. Mensch makes a name for herself with her, quote, sharp, precise, coolly scornful questions. She also erroneously attributes a quote to Piers Morgan, claiming that he admitted to phone hacking in his autobiography. This is false. And when challenged on CNN, she cites the protection of parliamentary privilege, which allows her to neither apologize nor reassert the statement. She later apologizes to Morgan. <laughs> the Murdochs dig dirt on her, accusing her of taking drugs and getting drunk in the 90s at a club in Birmingham, which she attended with violinist Nigel Kennedy. She calls the allegations highly probable and uh, subsequently admits to using Class A drugs in the Sunday Times. <laughs> the Murdochs made her sound cool yeah, as hell. Exactly. Owned. Yeah, totally. The second time she made waves was around the 2011 riots in England after cops shot a Thai man in the back, killing him. They claimed he was carrying a gun at the time. There are many inconsistencies in the police's account of what happened, and one witness claims they saw the cops plant the gun. 
Either way, this kicks off riots, and Mensch proposes that Twitter and Facebook be shut down or, quote, take an hour off during events like the riots to stop the spread of false rumors and to conserve police resources. You've been listening to a premium episode sample of QAnon Anonymous. You can subscribe for $5 a month to get access to all of our premium episodes and give the show a chance to grow and remain editorially independent. Head over to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous to support us. Thank you. We love you.